This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition Politics and Rana McBerrattawili's host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today again. Welcome aboard to my peeps, Nanette Bird-Smith. Welcome aboard. Hi, y'all, she says. Bridge MCP. Hi, all. You didn't say y'all, Bridge, but then you go ahead and you say, go Texas. So did New York. So did New York. Anyhow, folks, anyhow, folks, let's see. Uh, gonna watch that after the show, probably share in a half hour or so. Okay, Bridge, uh, let's see. Bridge MCP says leaked video. Dark Money Group brags about writing GOP voter suppression bills across the country. Amazing, right? It's like we knew that there's something called Alec that has always done that for you know for industry, for the corporations to make sure that across the entire country. These bills look almost unanimous so that these corporations can go and work in state after state after state under the same rules because they wrote the rules. A lot of people don't know about that either. Deb Denny, Texas judge denies NRA bankruptcy suit. What does that mean for the bankruptcy? It means that now they're going to have to face that, that lawyer in New York. It means that their stuff is all at risk. They are thieves. People have been paying these guys $35 a month, $75 a month. They've been sending their money to the NRA thinking that these guys are out there really thinking about guns. We want to keep those guns in your hands because you have the Second Amendment right and those darn liberals want to take it away. You know what's so sad? I always talk about all people being good people in general. People are generally good. But when you take advantage of folks' gullibility, that is the ultimate evil. When you go onto YouTube and you see those salespersons, know they are not that they're they are making money from telling you they're gonna teach you how to make money, and they're lying. They're making money from you trying to learn how to make money from them, but what they have to teach you has nothing to do with making money. Same thing is what the Republican folk does. What is it? We are going to... They, they tell you all the things. Oh, uh, they, they, uh, the, the, the minority leader just had a great meeting with the president, right? And he said, yes, I want to compromise. And then immediately he sends out a letter and said, that socialist in the White House wants to do the same thing. And that is to keep Republicans in a state of frenzy that somebody is coming to attack you, brothers and sisters. I want to tell you this, and thank you, Deb Denny, for bringing that message out, Texas, about NRA, because it gives me a little narrative to give here. And folks, I'm going to get to the show in a little bit, but you know you know what we do here. You guys run the show. Anyhow, Think about this, why it is so important that we as enlightened progressive, don't, progressives don't fall for the temporary ill will that many right-wingers and Trumpists have towards us. I'm asking you this 
to, to, I'm asking to bite your tongue. I'm asking you to tolerate. Because they have gotten themselves attached to a network of information that is happy to mislead them, that is happy to have them scared. You know, when they talk about critical race theory, oh, it's such a bad thing to teach. And by the way, it only became a big issue when they made it a big issue. But it's just about telling the truth. So, please, when you're working with our brothers and sisters on the right, remember that you're working with a mind that's been brainwashed. And a lot of times they want to say the same about us. The difference is that what we believe in can be generally mathematically proven. But anyhow, Michael Rudnan says, Internet subsidy gives $50 a month discount for low-income Americans. Here's a better idea. Make the Internet a public utility and offer local governments competitions to ISPs who currently enjoy regional monopolies and duopolies. Absolutely so. I agree with that. But, you know, unfortunately, Michael, what you're saying is that you want to eliminate the private sector out of, um, out of providing internet service. Because here's the problem. If a private sector provides internet service, they can match one for one everything that the government can do, right? The employees, they can pay a good wage, uh, or rather, they, they can match one for one in, in the technology. But... For the same price, if all things else being equal, they have to have a cutout for their investors, the shareholder. They have to have a cutout for the bonuses for the executives. They have to have a cutout for all these things. In this scenario, whenever we are talking about public good, profit for the public good is an expense. And they will have an expense that you and I pay as a private sector for using that utility. So we have to decide how far we want to go. Do we want to allow, are there benefits to allowing the private sector to have a bid on things that we consider utility? I think we could make the case in certain areas, yes, as long as it's very highly regulated, because what we have is it in as much as the price will be higher, the delta will be the cost of profits. We can say that it keeps the fight going for innovation. In other words, if these guys that you could say innovation will, will continue anyway because the private the, the government sector is going to buy the routers and all the technologies from the private sector anyway. Uh, we, we'd have to do some studies on that to see exactly how that would work. So uh, requires some thought, but some th worth taking a look at. Five former IRS commissioners, Biden's proposals would create a fair fairer tax system. I have to wonder, how many trillions in untaxed revenues have the wealthy and their mega corporations evaded? Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says at least $7 trillion. I mean, it's probably quite a bit more than that. If we take a look at what goes on in this country, and you take a look at the wealth of the wealthy, it is obscene. And the reason that we don't revolt is because we don't have the grasp of how bad it is. There's a graphic out there on the internet, I remember, that showed, that, that, that showed the exponential growth of wealth as we get into the 0.1%. And it's off the charts. Michael Rodden, I know, can find that. I mean, it, it is, 
when you look at the bars, the rich people are about this amount and the 0.1% is about that amount. We should find that graph sometime. Okay, studies showing 100% of breast milk samples with forever chemicals bolster calls for PFAS ban. We are basically killing ourselves and our next generation with these cancer-causing forever chemicals. And the more our industries put out into this into the environment, the more damage accumulates in all of us. There are safer options available. That's true. We have a lot of... You have to remember that the environment is a dump, right? The environment is a sink for everything. Come on, let's, let's, let's be frank. You have whales and, 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 and flippers and fish and everything in this big ocean. And they're all doing their nasties in that ocean. They're all, you know. So, I mean, we are all living in a sink. The thing about it is how dirty do we want that sink to get or how polluted that sink to get. All right, let's continue here. Full vac- fully vaccinated. You can ditch the mask per CDC. Wonder how they will tell the vaccine card. There are so many illegal ones out there. And that's the thing. I think what we got to do as well is we have to make sure that anybody found with an illegal, uh, 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 false vaccination card, they are forced to pay a heavy penalty for doing so. Uh, Julie Van Asdel just wanted to say, Hi, y'all. Gotta go pick up my liquor order and some carrots. Liquor and carrots? Liquor and carrots? What am I missing there, Julie? Help me out. Eric Hay says, Hi, hold on to your wallets. Lack of gas and the government really cares. Yeah, I think they care. Look, every government cares, okay? Every government cares. The idea is how effectively. Okay, let's see. No gas shortage, just gas gouging prices. Uh, Eric Hayes says, how can someone even have this point of view in this unbelievable, just not based on reality? Biden's energy secretary on gas. If you drove an electric car, this would not be affecting you. Yeah, I mean, we obviously are all in on making sure that we meet the president's goals of getting to a 100% clean energy by 2035 and net zero carbon emissions by 2050, Graham said. And you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. Uh, how can someone even have this point of view on this time? It's unbelievable. Why wouldn't she have that point of view? It's the truth. If we, were, if we had already embarked on our electrification as we should have, these types of problems would not occur. Right? Now we are going to have gas having to travel at five miles an hour up to the co- up to the eastern coast. You know how long it takes at five miles an hour for gas to get from here to New Jersey? A very long time. Not only that, if it were electricity and some hacker got to the electric grid, once we fixed it, you turn it on, electricity moves at the speed of light. No, really. Electricity moves at the speed of light. <laughs> okay. Let's see, Nanette Bird-Smith, they can make sure... Okay, let's see, Lawrence Sims, grifters got to get paid. Yes, they do. You know what I'm talking about. Michael Rudnan said, Egberto government competition to privatize peace would break the regional monopolies and duopolies. There's at least 750 municipalities doing that. Yes, I do know that, sir. Bruce Pollard, Starlink will change everything. Hey, Bruce, is Starlink the one that I think are going to put like 16,000 satellites in the sky and because they're low orbit, we won't have that stuff at all. Uh, Yvette, 
Avery Herod. Afternoon, PDR Posse. Welcome, everybody. I think Nanette meant prices. Okay, let's see. Uh, uh, Egberto, was this graph you're talking about? Let me see if that's a graph. No, that's not the graph that I was talking about. The graph that I was talking about came out several years ago. It actually shows the relative displacement of wealth compared to everybody else's. Okay, let's see. Hey, Egberto, Martha Benton, welcome aboard. Bruce Pollar said, net zero means nobody driving. Charlie Lindahl, yes, here's, yes, that's Starling. Thank you, Charlie, for, uh, for reminding me. I think, Charlie, if I'm not mistaken, you and I had some coffee over the weekend, and I think you, oh, by the way, yeah, I did meet with one of our PDR Posse folk, Charlie Lindahl. Charlie came, Charlie was doing some business for his wife in, uh, clear, in, in, in around Kingwood, and he called me up and said, Berto, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm working. What else am I going to be doing, buddy? He said, well, take a coffee break. Come and meet me for some coffee. I'm in your area. So I was about to go get some food for my wife on Mother's uh, – what was that, the day? Was that Saturday, I think it was? And then, then I said, hey, babe, can I um, go check out Charlie and then on the way bring back your food? And she said, okay, that's fine. Go see your brother. I said, all right, good. Charlie, it was great seeing you. It was great having a cup of coffee with you, brother. Uh, let's see. Electric cars doesn't need gas, so gas shortage won't affect electric cars. Yes, exactly. Okay, what is the show going to be about today? Let's have fun today. Let's have fun. You guys can keep sending the messages. I'll always take you guys because you have priority. But anyhow, title of the show, Lit Lion is a litmus test for the GOP. COVID changes business. GOP is a GOP worth saving. That one is art, the article from Tom Hartman today. I love Tom Hartman, and you know, I mean, and by the way, Tom Hartman actually tweeted tweeted about my book. Um, but is the GOP worth saving? Is this uh, question? And I'm going to put that question in a in a couple hours to Bill Crystal because I'm supposed to be interviewing Bill Crystal uh, a couple of hours after the show today. So I think it's today, actually. Let me make sure it's today. Uh, a couple of hours after the show, I'll be interviewing Bill Crystal, and we'll talk about the plight of the Republican Party. And when I do that, I think I'm going to play it on Friday. I'm going to ask you guys to make sure this is shared to all of your Republican brothers and sisters. I'm going to separate it out as well, so that, and I'll probably have some different pieces of it because um, you know we 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 don't share ideologies, but I do respect Bill as being a very consistent. A very, very consistent conservative. And that, uh, you know, you got to respect. Just like I tell you, most people are good. Most people are good. Anyway, let's go with our first video. The first video is Brother Miles, Miles Taylor. Miles, if, for those of you who want to remember who Miles Taylor is, Miles Taylor was, you remember there was a, I think it was in 2017 or 2018, Somebody wrote anonymously that many are staying into in the Indian administration, even though they don't agree with Donald Trump. They're staying in there to keep him sane. They're staying in there to protect the country. That's what they said. So let's go ahead and play him, and then we'll get it on the other side. That the pandemic was really a disaster for for that's the wrong uh, major one. airlines and for you know Amtrak. How are those this companies is the one. doing now? Miles, I welcome everybody to the effort to call out um, 
Donald Trump's enablers. I think he stopped being the story after the election, and it really revealed a Republican Party rotten to its core. But why stay a Republican? It, look, that's a great question, Nicole, and it's a question that we want to answer. And in fact, if there's not a satisfactory answer soon, I think the answer is to not be a Republican. But I think we learned three critically important things that help answer that question this week. One, right now in the Republican Party, lying is a litmus test to be in leadership, not just lying to yourself, but lying to the country about something that happened in our election. Number two, I think we learned that the civil war in the Republican Party is not ending with Liz Cheney's ouster. The civil war within the party is just beginning. And number three, that civil war within the party is going to have enormous consequences for this country. And I'll leave you with one thing on this point, Nicole, and that is uh, the, the last person to fight a civil war in this country, Ulysses S. Grant, said the next time there would be such a contest for America's existence, it wouldn't be between North and South over the Mason-Dixon line. It would, be, it would be between patriotism and intelligence on one side and ignorance and superstition on the other. We now know which side of that line Liz Cheney stands, but the question for every Republican in America today is, where do I stand? Well, where do your former colleagues stand? I mean, where do people like your old boss at DHS, John Kelly, stand? Where does H.R. McMaster stand? Where does John Bolton stand? Where does Jim Mattis stand? Where do your former colleagues, who know better than any other human beings on the planet, just how rotten and corrupt to the core Donald Trump and Trumpism really is? Well, you've named some people, Nicole, uh, many of whom I hope will speak up in the coming days, weeks, and months. And I would use this appearance to encourage them and urge them for the sake of the country to stand up and say in public what they've said before in private. Now, what we're going to be announcing tomorrow is what you could call in shorthand an I'm not crazy coalition inside the Republican Party. We're <laughs> going to announce a group of Republicans and ex-Republicans that say, look, we want rational, pragmatic governance. We want to return to it. But we're making a threat. And that threat is if the GOP doesn't fix its act, then we're going to hasten the creation of an alternative. The question is, what are we going to do? Are we going to buy into that theory that these guys have a great chance of winning the House and the Senate and as such, we're in trouble? And if Miles Taylor and his cohorts don't save us, that somehow we'll be stuck with this Republican Party of crazies? Is that what we're looking at? I tell you one thing, folks. One of the reasons we show all the ills of the Republican Party is to really give us all that impetus that's going to be needed in 2022 to go out there and make sure that we take this thing. Because absent that, the country may not give us a chance again at democracy. Absolutely. So, and there's something that I said there that I forgot, you know, that I wanted to mention at the beginning of the show today. And the reason I wanted to mention it is that there are a lot of progressives and Democrats that are running around scared. They're listening, to, you know, right now, if you listen to uh, uh, McConnell and if you listen to the House leader, what's his name? The House Minority Leader. Um, you know who I mean. Gosh, my mind has gone sometimes. Anyway, if you listen to McCarthy, McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, uh, they, they are trying to inculcate in the minds of people 
that it's an absolute certainty that in 2022, they will take the House and the Senate, right? They're doing all these machinations with their Trumpists because their assumption is that because it's the off year, because it's a new president, because the party in control is, is the totality of all the parties, here's what I want to tell you guys. That is a psychological game that they're playing. There are a lot of forms of voter suppression. Uh, voter suppression, what they're doing in Texas, in, in, in Florida, in uh, Georgia, that is a, those are almost done deals. By the way, we can, we can mitigate those. It's going to take, and, and you know, in mitigating those, I think it's going to be a good thing. And what I mean by good thing, it's going to force us to do something that we don't often do. We have a tendency, as specifically Democrats, have a tendency to go into communities two or three months before an election and not really have a symbiotic relationship with that community. That doesn't work in a voter-suppressive state. Going forward, and I, those of you that are listening to me that are into politics, that are into block walking and all that sort of thing, Get with your local organization to hell with the party. Get with your local organization, right? Whether that be a democratic club, whether that be an environmental club, whether that be a clean energy club, whatever it is. And start going into those neighborhoods where things, you know, you know you're going to win in those progressive neighborhoods. Those are people that go to vote every time and they're serious. But when you go into the Latino some Latino communities or some uh, black communities or some Vietnamese communities or some Asian communities, these people many times they live uh, they live as if they don't they don't think they matter to the body politic, because again, we only show up when we want their vote. Right now, Biden is doing the right thing. Biden is making sure that they feel that a progressive government works for us all. So they can see that. They can feel that. They saw that in their bank accounts. They see that in the, in the, in the possibility of, of us getting more jobs. They see all these things. The other side are going to try to push things uh, like, well, what you're doing is inflationary. To scare people. Oh, your products are going to cost more. They're going to cost a little bit more. But is that a problem? Should we, to save a few pennies, not employ a lot more people at a higher price? Because employing people at a living wage means a slightly higher cost that is less than that increase in their living wage. Is, is that a problem? No, it's not. So we have to preempt... We have to preempt their misinformation. We have to preempt their lies. And what, what I don't like what I've seen on, let's say, MSNBC, CNN, and all these other stations that purport to give straight news, is I don't see them doing that necessary qualification. In other words, inflation, they, they have people scared, you know what, about inflation. Inflation is not a bad thing in a controlled environment. Inflation is not. Zero inflation meant passbooks were getting 0.5% gains. 
Zero inflation means that you don't have pricing power to, to change things. Moderate inflation is actually pretty good. And moderate inflation not only is fairly good, it's one way to mitigate the wealth of many. Example, if you are holding, well, if you are holding certain types of assets that are resistant to inflation, well, as inflation goes up, your wealth goes up as well, right? But, but, if you're holding certain types of investments, it is, an, it, it is a good way to cut, again, un, and also without taxes, to cut the value of said investment. All right, Eric Hayes says, will the markup in price and passing off rising costs by companies negate any money thrown at it? No. Actually, that's the point. Example, we can afford to give and somebody, please fact check this for me. I don't know the exact numbers, and that's why I need someone to fact check me. But if we increase every McDonald employee to at least $15 per hour, that price of the burger only increases by a certain percentage, much less than what the total outlays of that McDonald employee would be altogether. And that is because labor costs as a function of the entire enterprise is not all that much. Let's say 25% or so. And I'm just throwing those numbers out there. Now, Charlie Lindahl did send me an email. Charlie, I hadn't read the email yet about the lumber. I saw your, I, I heard your message. An upcoming inflation problem right now is lumber pricing. True. Housing? Uh, and all things that are dependent on lumber are high. But here's the issue. That is demand-driven, right? It is demand-driven. The forest didn't change other than the forest being burnt right now. Okay? I want you, I want you guys to hear this. We've lost a lot of lumber because a lot of forest has been burning. There you go. Okay, so I, I want to show you something. So a fifteen dollar, uh, a fifteen dollar price increase from what was researched by Rudnin puts a burger price up by four percent. So that may be sixteen cents for a four dollar burger, right? For sixteen cents for a burger that costs four dollars, that is worth it. I am willing to pay sixteen cents more. And, and, and go from there. I'll check the article out for sure, uh, Charlie Lindahl. Uh, let's see. Uh, Steve says, true people doing projects like my wife and me. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, ranking minority member, uh, uh, hearing on auditing the Pentagon yesterday, put a document of $722 billion for DOD for fiscal year 22. That is ridiculous. All right, let's go. Um, uh, I'd be willing to pay an extra quarter for my burger if I knew people serving me the burger would have a living wage. And most people think that way. Most human beings of moral values, which means most, think that way. Now, it takes a lot. When Republicans try to make that an issue, it takes a lot for them to change the way humanity works, but they have been able to do that. Hell, they did it with 71 million 
Americans in the last election. But we can mitigate that by doing things the right way. Okay, I don't see Tom C. in here yet. We actually had an award. Tom C. is giving away. Let me just go ahead and say that. For anybody uh, who sends me an, an email to info at politicsdoneright.com. And please be somebody that doesn't really, uh, you know, I would. Look, I'm not. Uh, I am going to ask you, the people that, that, that takes, up, takes up the offer from our uh, posse member, Tom C., I ask you to, you know, if, if you can afford getting the book yourself, please do. But Tom is, is giving away two of the politics, that, two of the books that we, um, we do here on Politics and Right. He's going to pay for two of the books for two people who are listening to the show right now. So if you send an email to info at politicsdoneright.com, send an email to info at politicsdoneright.com. Uh, just say, I, I want, we, tell us which one of our books that you want. And uh, we'll select two of those emails and provide that book free of charge. We'll ship it to you free of charge on the courtesy of Tom C. The courtesy of Tom C., a PDR Posse member. So please consider again, uh, send me an email at info at politicsandright.com. And uh, I'm going to go through all the emails I get tonight. And we will award two books. Uh, to uh, that, that courtesy of our PDR Posse member, Tom C. All right, let's see. Uh, Lindsay, let's see what we got here. Charlie Lindahl said, check the whole article. I'm going to do that. Uh, uh, May 12th, Bernie Sanders cheers hearing on audit in the Pentagon. That's great. Uh, t- thanks, Restream. We'll uh, have to check it after the show. Excellent. Eric Hayes, most people want to pay more for essential items. Think not if it hurts. Think not if it hurts. I don't know what that means. Okay. Australia's minimum wage is about $17, and a Big Mac costs a nickel more than here. Rethink the math with real-world examples. Governing is often copying what other governments do successfully. Exactly. Tom C. is here. Yes, I'm here. And I am about to donate $25 to Egberto, uh, two of Egberto's books, and I will make sure... To send uh, send that in, that email to info at politicsdoneright.com, info at politicsdoneright.com, and I will ship the two books. We'll announce who are the recipients of the book uh, the, as soon as we ship them. Info at politicsdoneright.com, and we'll ship you the books. Thank you so kindly, Posse, PDR Posse member Tom C. U.S. national minimum wage should be $22 if we follow how productivity plus inflation that's exactly what it should be. Okay, let's go ahead and do our pitch. Folks, um, let me tell you, uh, we, we need your support. So if you are in politics, if you are on YouTube right now, you can click that join button and become a member of the PDR Posse just like, like uh, Tom has, just like Bridge MCP has, just like uh, uh, AVQ has, just like E2247 has. Eric Hayes, I don't know if you're a PDR Posse member. I don't think you are. Just like, just click on the join button on YouTube. Become a PDR Posse member. It's inexpensive. And you are supporting something that is worthwhile. You're supporting what we do here. That is to put out the progressive message and not do it in a manner that alienate our brothers and sisters on the right, but instead try to bring them into the fold and understand where they are as well. And by the way, uh, our, our one and only PDR Posse member, British MCP, was a designer of our mugs. 
Uh, she designed this mug here, and you're seeing it on the screen as I post it right now. Uh, you can go ahead and get that mug at our store, but you can also go ahead and get the mug and put in the link inside of the of the of the the feed right now. So you can get our mug at that link that I put in there. But if you don't see that join button on YouTube, you can also simply click on politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can alternatively send us or support us via our Patreon securely. Politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Become a patron. Very inexpensive, just like becoming a YouTube PDR Posse member. Uh, please go ahead and su I suggest you join us as well at politicsandright.com slash Patreon. And of course, just like uh, Tom C. just did, you can support us via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Now, if you want to get rid of the middle person, purchase our books, our cups, and everything at our store, politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. But if you want to see all our books in one place, you can get them all at politicsdoneright.com slash books. politicsdoneright.com slash books. We simply cannot, could not possibly do this without you. Okay, uh, what am I missing here? Oh, I didn't put the books on the screen. Well, it's always on the screen. There are the books on the screen. I have another video to show you, but before I show you the video, let me go ahead and check to see if anybody else has says, said anything. U.S. national minimum wage should be $22 an hour. I agree. And let me tell you how people have come up with that $22 an hour. That $22 an hour includes inflation, but more importantly, there's this stuff called productivity. As we've gotten machines to do the work, in other words, in the, when, you, when we used to build cars, everybody had to have their, 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 uh, their welding equipment, their arc welder, and all of that, and ha all of that had to be done manually. Uh, when you worked for McDonald's, you used to have to do everything. You used to have to put, move the things in the pot, all that kind of stuff. But we've become very, very automated. A lot of the patties and the, the different products come pre-made in the right sizes that you just have to pretty much heat up certain things, just fry certain things. There's a lot of efficiency. A lot of equipment was made by engine design by engineers based on the science they've learned from their scientists to create some good products that create great efficiencies, which meant or means that for where we, had, we needed a lot more employees, we'd no longer need them. So everything works a lot more efficiently. And what that means, however, is uh, for the same product or for the same amount of product being sold, the stockholders, the executives, they can command that much more money, profits out of the system. One would think that as society becomes more automated, as society becomes more advanced, because the totality of that advancement came from our collective knowledge, that we, will all, we would all partake of the spoils, that it is ridiculous that a minimum wage is $7.25. It makes no sense. So if we figure out what the productivity increases in this country over the last 40 years has been, if we figure what inflation has been, very low over the last eight years, but inflation over the 40-year period, the lowest pay in this country would be $22 per hour. 
Lowest pay was $22 per hour. But instead, what we did is we have constantly migrated all that money to the top. That's why back in the 70s, when the CEO may have made, I don't know, don't quote me here, but let's say on the order of maybe 100 times the average worker. I think it was even less than that. Now, the CEO is, three, or executives are 350 times the average worker. Not 350 times the lowest worker, the lowest paid worker, 350 times the average worker. Or maybe it's even the median worker, either the median or the average. I don't remember. Those are not the same. So what we've had is the grand legal theft of your work, your labor. But these are things that are not done in public. They are done behind the doors and we don't know about it. So they continuously have us fighting over crumbs. And at the same time, they put in our minds that going, but asking for what we rightfully deserve is socialism. I'll take it. You know why? I love being social. I love knowing that my brothers and my sisters are well taken care of. Because there's one other thing that I know. I know that an engineer doesn't have to be, doesn't, doesn't go hoarding money to be creative. I know that a scientist doesn't go hoarding money to be creative, to invent, to think, to want to learn. I am an engineer. I take the knowledge of scientists all over, the knowledge of everybody, and make something useful for society. That's how it works, right? But then we have this business class that all they know about is the manipulation of money. The stockbroker, those people that work in the financial, their sole purpose is the manipulation of money. Create nothing. Don't know if you threw them on a desert island, they couldn't survive. But they're the best paid. And I talk about this a lot because it irks me that we so devalue ourselves into not demanding what's ours, what we've worked for. The engineer who creates the the structural things, both logical and otherwise, to make it function, doesn't make the millions that these people who profit from their creations do. The people who sweep the floors that make it possible for us to exist in spaces, they don't command that. You know, we have to start thinking about things the right way. All right, let me go back to this before I do the last video. Lee Alexander, Mike Cisek says, there goes Egberto lying again. I want to ask my brothers and sisters on the right who always tell me when I tell these truths that I'm lying. When you say that so that the audience is informed, please tell them what that is, what the lie is. As much as I would like to join, I can't do it. Disability doesn't pay well. That's all right, Lee Alexander. Send, send them an email to info at politicsdoneright.com to put your, to put your uh, name in, into the pot for that book that uh, Tom C. is giving away, one of my book Tom C. is giving away. Mike Cetak said the average CEO pay of all businesses is 117K. Um, wait a minute. I am the CEO of my media company. 
I make under 117K. So I'm not going to dispute that, but you're missing the point. We're talking about corporations. We're talking about publicly held major corporations. Sir, it's that simple. Again, that is a talking point that the right wing likes to use because there are a lot of businesses where the CEOs are barely even making 50 grand. So what they do is they pull down the average. Talk about medians, okay? All right. Paul Fleming, uh, what did he say that was a lie? Thank you very much. Um, you know, they like to say that he's lying. Average Senator House Representatives 174. Uh, what are they doing? Uh, and are the voters getting their money's worth? Well, you voted for them. So if they pay themselves 174, you must like that. Paul, uh, Mike Cisak, Paul, when he says CEO pays 350 times the average, that is not a lie. That is a true. And why should we look at the top 500? Anyhow, let's move on. Marth Benton, whoop, Egberto. <laughs> Thank you, Martha. Okay, William Peggy Lopez, welcome aboard. William Blake talks of the mind forget forge menaces. These menaces are what most be, what must be removed to enable workers to see themselves fit to the fight for a dignified financial life through their pay. You don't compare the total average wage uh, of hourly with just a few top corporations. That's how liars lie. No, liars lie when you try to deny the income inequalities that occurs with corporations and people in general. If you try to do that, if you, if you, if you forget that the CEOs of pharmaceutical companies like, uh, make so many more millions than anybody else, and they have the effect that they have on all our lives. That is the reason. Egberto, the answer is no to the salary question on government as they are self-interest. And is it, don't, don't the private corporation have self-interest? Let's, uh, Eric, you live in Kingwood. How many cable companies can you choose from in Kingwood? It's, it's, it, uh, Kingwood, uh, uh, what's the name of our Sudden Link is privately held. Or rather, it, it's a private corporation. How many, how different is having suddenly the sole provider of cable in Kingwood different than if the government were providing it in Kingwood, just not having a profit motive, which means the prices could be a lot less? That's your own argument, sir. All right. Businesses are going to change. The entire COVID pandemic has really changed business. No, there's only one cable company that serves my area. One. Okay, here's the deal. Business is going to change. I want you to listen to this that I just heard. I just processed it before I came on, and I want you guys to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. The pandemic was really a disaster for, for uh, major airlines and for you know, Amtrak. How are those companies doing now? And what do you think this new mask guidance will mean for their bottom line going forward? Well, it's certainly going to help. I mean, listen, I was on uh, a family vacation for the first time in more than a year last week, flew down to Florida, uh, and it was a packed flight, and the airports were pretty full. Now, uh, there's still about a million flyers short of pre-pandemic because the business traveler, by and large, uh, has not been flying. But to Ron's point about the, the etiquette 
you know, I think we are likely to see uh, that culture that if you've been to Asia, you know, a lot of people are often seen wearing masks out on the street in the airports and the airlines, maybe because they have a cold and they don't want to spread it or because they don't want to get a cold. I've talked to a lot of experts in the airline industry over the last year who think that, in fact, these things are going to become a lot more common, that you're going to see mm. people wearing these even after the pandemic. They're going to wear these on planes. They're going to wear these in bus stations because they don't want to get a cold or a flu or, God forbid, the next pandemic. That this may become a little bit more of the culture, maybe not as extreme as we see in Asia, where this is very common on the streets of Tokyo, for example, but really just a more common uh, step that you see people taking when they don't want to get sick when they're traveling. That may be one of the defining and permanent changes uh, as a result of the pandemic. But to the last point about will business travel return? Boy, you're absolutely right. That is going to be a big challenge for these airlines that have found that Zoom, what you and I are talking on right now, this has worked <laughs> really well. You can see my expression. I can see yours. We have a pretty good sense of how each other is reacting to our words. And if Zoom and Skype can replace the business face-to-face -face transaction, uh, that's going to definitely cut into the, the bottom line for these, for airlines and hotels and all of these other industries that rely on business travel. Stephanie, Rule, what, what about that? I mean, are there, is there any data to support um, how what, what Tom is talking about, the, the sort of the new Zooming now that we have done in place of going into, into businesses, or into our offices, how that has really changed the way we work and whether it's changed uh, businesses' profits? We've heard it on earnings calls from Fortune 500 CEOs over the last year. Not spending money on business travel is a huge savings in corporate America, and you're going to see some of it come back. As Tom was saying that, I could hear hotel CEOs and airline CEOs weeping in the corner, but it's true. Business travel is how the travel industry makes their money. They charge full fare for those tickets, for those hotel rooms, and that's how they give us, when we go on our personal travel, good deals. So this is going to be an issue for the travel industry. And for corporate America, yes, we have learned over the last year that many businesses have been able to survive, maybe not thrive in certain areas, but they've been very productive. So you're going to see as we return, cuts that happened over the last year stay in place because businesses don't need so many employees. They don't need so much travel. And in the short term, you actually might see some smaller customer-facing businesses, I know this mm -hmm. sounds crazy, actually use these changes as marketing materials, right? We are fully vaccinated. If you'd like to come to our movie theater, to our restaurant, and show your vaccination, well, guess what? Nobody has to wear a mask. Remember, these are private businesses. They can dictate the rules, just like no shirt, no shoes, no service. They could say, I am a, a business where everyone here is fully vaccinated. That could draw, I mean, I would go to a, a business like that. I'd take all my kids to a movie theater if I knew everyone was vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, no shoes, no shirt, no uh, vaccine, no business is the new, uh, the new decal. Now, let me just add something to that because there, there are a lot of other differences that are going to occur. As a lot of people start to work at home, all those restaurants that we would go to during our lunch break, all those stores that we would go to buy, to buy little nicks and knacks to eat, uh, you know, snacks while we are on the job, all those gas stations that we would go across because we're commuting every day, all of them will see a decrease in revenue. So there's going to be a whole turnaround 
as to what's going to happen. Of course, it also means that the electric companies are likely to make a bit more money as more people stay home and run their lights and run their computers more at home. Of course, likewise, the call in for uh, you know, call in for a snack, delivery is going to be taken up, just like how Amazon made a killing because a lot of people weren't going out then. So there's going to be a rearranging of the economy. And what we have to do going forward is have some latitude in understanding that when this remake occurs, it means that people are going to be asking for a different type of salaries. They're going to be asking for different types of rewards, all of that. And one of the very important reasons we need to pass all those trillions of dollars is whenever you have a flux, a change that is such is such a, a, a disruptive change like we are having. We need to make sure that we don't have any gaps where they can stop. We have to make sure that kids have a place to go and that parents can afford where to take those kids. We have to make sure that their, their, their transportation acts taking place that people can get to these new places of employee employment. We have a lot of work to do in a changing economy and only a forward-looking progressive president can see that as opposed to one who simply believes in a status quo. And, and, and admirably, I think currently in that portion of what he's doing, the current uh, government that we have is doing a good job. Now for Mr. CSAC, as far as the top CEOs making 300 plus times, I think when I said it, I probably said CEOs and I didn't put top CEOs in the thing, which is what you took offense to. Well, this is the PolitiFact says the answer to that, mostly true. Thank you so kindly. Apologies will be accepted. All right, let's let's go ahead and uh, I think Sim sent me a video. I think I should play that video that Sim sent me because I believe it's worthwhile. It's from the um, I think it's from who? Jo Joanne Reed. Let's go ahead and play it. It had to do with the NRA. Let's go ahead and do that, and then that'll make sense. 2017, the National Rifle Association was at the peak of political influence. It had just spent a record sum to help elect the now former president, launched its own online TV channel, and it had even rolled out insurance policies to cover those who might actually shoot another human being. But now, just four short years later, the group is facing the harsh reality that its days might be numbered. Last summer, New York Attorney General Letitia James sued to dissolve the gun rights group, saying it has abused its status as a nonprofit organization. As the culmination of an 18-month investigation, the suit accused the NRA of numerous violations, including self-dealing and inappropriate spending on its top executives, especially CEO Wayne LaPierre. And rather than stand his ground, however, LaPierre is running scared in an effort to evade responsibility. The NRA is seeking bankruptcy protection so that they can reincorporate in Texas. And that means their fate is now in the hands of a Texas judge. This comes after we learned the embarrassing details of the NRA's lavish spending on LaPierre's extravagant lifestyle. According to the lawsuit and investigative reports, the NRA spent more than a half million dollars on private flights for LaPierre, including eight family trips to the Bahamas. And they paid his personal travel agent more than $200,000 a year. LaPierre expensed more than $100,000 in membership fees for a private golf club. 
And he spent $39,000 in a single day on a shopping spree for clothing. LaPierre even tried to get the NRA to pay for a $6 million mansion in Texas. And he often made use of a vendor's yacht, which was an unreported gift in excess of the NRA's limit. And now that the NRA is defending its bankruptcy petition in a Texas courtroom, LaPierre and the NRA's lawyers are answering for some of these expenditures. Take the private jets, for example. They were necessary to protect LaPierre's safety, according to his lawyer. And that yacht, according to LaPierre, those sailing trips were actually a security retreat where he could hide out after mass shootings. Poor Wayne LaPierre actually said the yacht was the one place that I hope I could feel safe. In other words, LaPierre doesn't just need guns to feel safe. Pew, pew, pew. He needs a yacht, <laughs> private jets, and a tropical vacation for his own self-protection. Oh, and did I mention that the NRA also paid for mosquito control at LaPierre's home? Even that, they claimed, was for security purposes. You know, those little buggies can be dangerous. But aside from that absurd defense of using a nonprofit as a personal piggy bank, LaPierre made another startling admission yesterday. As The New York Times reports, he had kept his organization's recent bankruptcy filing secret from almost all of the NRA senior officials, including its own lawyer and most of its directors. And all of that is what makes Wayne LaPierre today's absolute worst. Not everyone can afford the luxury of hiding out on a yacht to feel safe. The rest of us just want common safe common sense gun safety measures. Yep, the rest of us just want common sense gun measures. Oops, I got to stop that. The rest of us just want common sense gun measures. Hey, uh, who sent me that? Paul Fleming. Thank you. That was a good one. That it, it, I, I like to watch Joy Reed, and that was one that I didn't see. But uh, it, it, it is amazing that the NRA has screwed so many of its own people, many people who are poor. They have their guns, but they think they need to be a member of the NRA because they're a good Republican. They're a good gun owner. And they're going to go ahead and support the cause. They're not supporting, they're not supporting anything other than paying off, uh, paying off senators, paying off Congress people, and ensuring that LaPierre has a hell of a life on your money, a life you could only dream of having. Folks, we are coming close to the end of the show. I want to remind you all to please support Politics Done Right. We cannot do this. We really cannot do this without you. So I ask you so kindly to please support us at, if you're on YouTube, click on the join button to become a, an official member of our PDR Posse. We're going to have a, a PDR page attached to it. I already have the PDR page. If you go to politicsandright.com slash PDR uh, Posse, that is where we're going to, that's going to be our backstop for all everything PDR Posse. And, uh, we are going to have quite a bit others. I, I think I'm going to do, before I go off to visit my daughter in D.C. for a couple of days, I, I, we're probably going to do another, um, uh, another Zoom meeting. But anyhow, uh, please go ahead and support us. If you don't see that join button, go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, meaning if you're, on, if you're on Facebook or if you're on Instagram or if you're on Periscope or wherever you are. Just go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can alternatively uh, go ahead and support us on Patreon. 
politicsandright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash patron. You can also support us at uh, PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. And of course, if you want to get rid of the middle person, just go to our store, politicsandright.com slash store. And if you want to get all our books, go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash books. Folks, I know you could be anywhere. You could be anywhere, but you're spending some time with me. I'm honored. This is your show. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the team. Please encourage others to join our posse. Uh, We get uh, most of our views. We get on podcasts, of course, podcasts, vlogcasts. That's where most of the time that it goes. But I'd love to get a more interactive, a lot more people watching live. So help us do that. Tell people about us. And then let's get busy. Mike Cisak says, actually, the NRA leader had legit expenses. However, union members were indicted. 11 union officials charged with racketeering, fraud, and... You know, it it is amazing. You know, Mike. Mike. A $267,000 bill for clothes. 200, over $200,000 for clothes. Actually, the NRA leader had legit expenses. How in how does a farmer, a good farmer, a good rancher that has to take a second job to pay his bill? How do you how do you feel about yourself, my brother? That you can be sending money to the NRA led by this man who spends at one sitting. $200,000 plus in, in clothes. What gives? How could you possibly support that? How? How does your mind work? Please help me see that. I got to go now, but at some other time. Uh, no, anyway, we'll talk some other time. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.